Hi everyone, and welcome to That Cartoon Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Tej. Picture if you will. You're in a big city. You're on the bus. You're unsupervised. You're nine years old. That's the story of the show we watch today. There's a lot of lessons here, but the main one is don't let your fucking kids just roam around a giant city at nine years old all by themselves. They will get kidnapped. They will get robbed. Today we're talking about Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> great intro, great intro. Thank you. Um, just like our normal format, we're going to give you guys a little bit of background information. Um, I think most people have probably heard of Hey Arnold. Um, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of play. Like It's just not a well-remembered show for some reason. Um, but I mean, I liked it. Um, so just quickly, Hey Arnold, it's a, it's a Nickelodeon show um, centered, centered around Arnold. Uh, he's a nine-year-old beaver living in the fictional city of Hillwood. Um, Hillwood is this like amalgamation of like every major American city, like Portland, Seattle, New York, um, Chicago. It's just like all of those mixed together. Perfect place for a beaver to thrive. Um, <laughs> the 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 thing about Arnold is he's like not. He's got a weird football-shaped head. Um, for anyone that's like trying to picture it, like it's like Stewie from Family Guy, but like crazier. And it's not just like an art choice, like that's what his head looks like, and everyone is always commenting on it. Yeah, it's like uh, no one else's head looks like that, and everyone makes sure that Arnold knows that his head is weird. Yeah, he's regularly just called Football Head. Um, each episode it, it chronicles his adventures and misadventures um with him and his friends um these range from like relatively mundane things that like a, a child kind of a child his age would be doing um to like these crazy and wild stories about them um confronting or just somewhat investigating the various urban legends around their city um it, it, it's a nice cartoon and it's a it's a classic example of a children's cartoon that does this like really good job of meshing uh, silly kids stories uh, with episodes that deal with like very real and serious issues like war, depression, uh, existentialism, abuse, um, which we'll see both sides of that in the two episodes that we watched. Um, I think if you like this as a kid, um, that you'll appreciate it as an adult. Um, yeah, maybe not every episode will be for you, but the ones that hit, hit. Um, however, it does suffer, and we, we talked about this a little bit during the intro, from that classic trope of why the hell is this nine-year-old boy just allowed to just roam this city? And I get it. You know, some kids grow up faster, but it's like every nine-year-old, everyone in his class, they're just roaming the city. Uh it's, it's not like there's they're all absentee parents. Like, most of the parents, like, are involved in their kids' lives to some degree, and they just don't seem to care. Like, yeah, go ahead. Just roam around this likely dangerous city. Let's be honest. It's a city. They're all dangerous. There's no such thing as a safe city. Um, and I think 
I don't think there's any episode or anything in this show that wouldn't have also, like, a storyline at least that wouldn't have worked if they had just aged the kids up to, like, 13 or something. You know what I mean? I I can't get behind some of the independence that these nine-year-olds have. I work with kids a lot, and nine-year-olds should not be trusted to just... Honestly, they shouldn't be trusted to take the bu- to take a city bus by themselves a lot of times. Like they won't Honestly, home. just they shouldn't be trusted. No, period. They're, they're sketchy. <laughs> they have murder in their eyes and on their minds. So, something I really enjoyed about um watching through this was I, I forgot about the smooth jazz. A lot of jazz. Yeah. There this show is just smooth jazz all yeah. the time, baby. It's like it was made for older people, but like they were like, ugh, uh, it's also a kid's show. Like a lot of the aesthetics fit more with like your grandpa. Not your grandpa specifically, Kyle, but just your stereotypical jazz loving grandpa. Yeah, you know, you know the one. You know the one. We all have them. <laughs> We've all seen them. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I really appreciated that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, coming from all the shows we've been, we've been watching, they they have some zany music and some out there music uh, that's pretty crazy. This just it just seems like it's elevator jazz, yeah, that they have playing in the background throughout every episode. And I feel like that makes it seem derogatory, elevator jazz. But like that is a good descriptor, and it's a good it's a good uh, soundtrack or I forget what the the phrase is, um, like sound design, like it. It fits. It works. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it gives a very relaxing feel to almost every episode, regardless of what's going on. Yeah, it, it helps with the atmosphere for sure. Yeah, and you know, I, I love love that intro. And it's not even really a song. It's just jazz with people saying "Hey Arnold" every once in a while. Yeah. Well, Hel- Helga saying "Hey Arnold." Yeah, with some clapping and some snap. You know what I mean? Do 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 do. Hey Arnold. That was a, that was a perfect shit. Helga Pataki. Um, yeah, yeah. Impressive. Very good. <laughs> someone sign this man. Um, fun fact that I learned while I was quickly writing up um, our, our our little outline for this: Arnold's legal last name is Shortman. Isn't that the stupidest thing ever? Arnold Shortman. <laughs> yeah. His grandpa always just calls him short man. And I always just assumed it was like, uh, like, you know, just like a little nickname, like, Hey there, short man. But no, his full legal name, his government is Arnold Philip Shortman. I think it came from like the movie that they did. Um, like the jungle movie or whatever, where you finally find out what's going on with his parents, which, oh yeah, Arnold lives with his grandpa and grandma in a boarding house. Not real. It's it's important, but it's not important to the episodes really that we watched. Um, it is it is tears. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. I mean, it, it, yeah, the boarding school, the boarding house aspect doesn't really like factor in much. But like, yeah. But yeah, throughout throughout the episodes, he has to deal with uh, the people that live in his grandparents' boarding house, mm-hmm. and they're they're all characters. You know, they they all have their idiosyncrasies yeah which great idea to just be able to introduce like various types of 
like character tropes like just put them in a boarding house yeah fuck it yeah and and it's a city it makes sense you know that they're always just whatever i i live in a city and i'm always looking at houses i'm like oh that's a nice house and then i look and it's just like they've split it into like four houses i'm like ah it was a nice house (laughs) did you have a when you were a kid did you have a favorite of the boarding house like borders yeah, yeah. Um, I always really liked Oscar. <laughs> I also really liked Oscar. Oscar was the best. Yeah. Oscar's this greedy, like, Eastern European guy. Who's it's just... so stereotypical, but, like, he is yeah. so funny. Especially in the Christmas one. <laughs> yeah. This show ran for about 100 episodes, which were split up, sometimes into half episodes. So I think there was, like, 100 and. 86 or 187 segments in total something like that um ran over five seasons i believe there were at least two um, made for tv movies one was called the jungle movie and the other one i think was just called the hey arnold movie mm-hmm. um, it, where he's trying to save the block yeah yeah uh, i i had a when i was like thinking of them off the top of my head before we watched any of this they were meshing together but i was like there's one where there was like a weird like deep throat scene right and when i say deep throat i now understand that no one's going to understand that reference it is a nixon era thing water water gate yeah it's a water water gate gate. (laughs) this is not what that means i immediately realized that that's not that's not what that means anymore yeah there was a Watergate thing in the first movie right Mm -hmm. yeah and then the second movie is like the jungle movie i don't even think i ever watched that one i don't think i did either i think I think it came out, like, when we were old. Yeah, when we were, like, 28. Yeah. No, that's exactly. not true. Okay. But, <laughs> but it was past the prime of Hey Arnold, so I, I didn't watch it, I don't think. No. Um, it was created by uh, by Craig Bartlett, um, who also created Dinosaur Train and uh, Ready, Jet, Go, which I believe are both on PBS Kids. Um, he also worked in various capacities for Rugrats, uh, Ren and Stimpy, Johnny Bravo, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. He was like, you know, a writer or a storyboard artist or an animator. Um, he did a lot of claymation work in the beginning, which I know you love. So it's, it, you know, as we said, it's a Nickelodeon show and it centers around four main cast members. They're all children. Um, there's obviously Arnold uh, Philip Shortman, who was voiced by four different, well, at least four voice actors. There was, if we count the movies, there's even more um jd daniels lane torren philip van dyke and spencer klein uh jd daniels was only for the pilot lane torren season one philip uh van dyke seasons two to three and i believe spencer klein was four to five i don't it, this That's is weird yeah it, is it it's crazy that the main character like the named main character in the show his voice actor is just getting replaced constantly yeah that's something you usually see with the uh outskirts characters yeah. you know? <laughs> or, or literally any other character and it's yeah it's even wilder when like the other three characters they have the same voice actors throughout like, through the, yeah. yeah through the whole thing helga pataki um who is arnold's stalker that's i mean they <laughs> i think they tried to glamorize it sometimes but and they try to he, they try to make her seem like you know she's not that bad, but she is essentially stalking. She has a shrine in her closet in her room at home 
made of his chewed bubble gum and his yeah. hair. That- yeah, every piece of gum that he's chewed and st- stuck underneath a table at school, she excava- excavates it and saves it. Yeah, that's not that's not cute. That's not endearing. That's <laughs> that is serial killer stuff. Like that's I would be terrified if I found out that someone did that. I would you know, I'm single, not that single. Her mom is like a a perpetual she's perpetually drunk from my recollection of the series. Her dad is like your classic overbearing like uh male chauvinist tough guy. Like I think he's a used car salesman or a furniture salesman or something sh- something like that. And then you have her older sister who is this overachiever um like the 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 favorite child but also like deeply deeply depressed because of the the pressure that's been placed on her to be perfect so like this is something we haven't really touched on a lot but like this show has like really real characters um arnold is i mean he like i said he lives with his grandparents in a boarding house um his grandma is like lit like freaking crazy um all the time and his grandpa is just this this old wise guy like you know what i mean like just cracking jokes and just living just living his life which and for the longest time we don't know what ha- i mean i I'm, i think it was revealed in the movie but i don't know they just don't almost they never talk about his parents throughout the show and so it's implied that they're either just gone or dead or both um arnold's best friend uh gerald uh johansson who is played by uh oh yeah i forgot um Helga Pataki is voiced by uh, Francesca Marie Smith. Um, Gerald Johansson, Arnold's best friend, who is uh, the street smart kind of guy. He has uh, he, he's seen as the leader among the other fourth graders. Um, yeah, fourth graders. He he often gets them into situations that he thinks that they can handle that get them in over their head and that's when the antics ensue he's voiced by uh jameel walker smith and i've always liked gerald because i thought his design was so silly because he has a um i think it's kid and play is the the name of the old person i'm thinking of but he's got this like high high and tight um afro and it's 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 funny because every time it's snowing or he's wearing a hat He's only just covering the afro, and none of his hat ever reaches his actual head. Yeah. So he's just cold. His hair's like, he's just always cold. It's just so funny to me. Gotta keep my hair warm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, Gerald's awesome. For his hair, picture March Simpson, but the hair is black instead of blue. Yeah. No, that's a a better comparison. I don't think anyone knows who who Kid and Play is. Yeah. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the final main character, who honestly of the four doesn't get as much kind of play, I think, is uh, Phoebe uh, Heyerdahl, who's voiced by Andy McAfee. She's like, unfortunately, this show has a lot of like stereotypical characters. Gerald, who is African-American, he's street smart, um, you know, and he's wisecracking. And if, if, 
if someone were to say the words jive, you'd be like, ugh. But that's how like I feel like Gerald is coded. Yes, unfortunately, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and, and, Fee- and Phoebe is the Asian overachieving student. Yeah, who's that's what she who's is. Who's meek? <laughs> who's at first meek and shy and all this? And you're just like, and she has to find her strength. Yeah. And this is coming from people who kind of like this show. You know what I mean? So, like... Yeah. This is... Yeah, yeah. things don't always age well. No. no this, <laughs> the the characterizations didn't age well. Now, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It's just like, wow, really? Quite a diverse show, but... Yeah, I mean, like, this school, honestly, pretty diverse. Uh, it has all these, these kids, and then it has... This guy, a country bumpkin that goes to school with him named uh, Stinky, Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> who also one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Stinky, nine years old, allegedly nine years old, also like six five, six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Stinky's the best. What is Yimto? Well, first of all, it stands for You Must Be Thinking of Another Podcast. And second of all, it's those unhinged conversations you have with your best friend. We talk about whether it's okay to not wash your legs in the shower. We wonder what variety of apples would make the best names for racehorses. We talk about our real-life problems. And we argue about basically everything else. So come to Yimto if you crave movie reviews, hot opinions on society's problems, or just the company of friends. We'll see you there every Monday. Let's jump in the episodes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's enough background. I mean, I think you all get it. Um, why don't we start with your episode first, uh, Kyle? Yeah, so I chose uh, Longest Monday. Um, season 2, episode 4, it was attached to an episode called Eugene's Pet, which I also watched. Me, also me too. very funny. <laughs> um, it originally aired on October 1st, 1997, written by Jonathan Greenberg, story by Megan Blumenreich, and directed by Derek Dryman and Larry Leakletter. Larry Leakletter's name sounds very familiar to me for some reason. He must have worked on another episode, on another show that we did. Yeah, I think so. Um, so this episode circles around one day, um, Trash Can Day, which is the the first Monday of June, where it's a citywide tradition, I guess, that every fifth grader in the city hunts down every fourth grader in the city and puts them into trash cans. And we hear about this through a nice little exposition um, from Sid, I do believe. Once they hear about this, they start developing a plan about how they're going to survive that day, uh, which around this time is where our main antagonist of the episode, and throughout a lot of the series, um, he's introduced Wolfgang, the big fifth grade bully who, Mm -hmm. like, looks like he's 25 years old. (laughs) He might be. Maybe he was held back. A lot. This was this was before you no know, child left behind. So who knows? Yeah. Um, so fourth graders, they're like, we're gonna, if we stick together, we can survive the day. Um, they come up with a plan. They're going to get to a flower shop, which they is essentially a safe place because one of the kids' parents owns a flower shop. So they just have to get to the flower shop. But to get there, it's a long path. So they decide. They can break it in half by going to a middle point, which is a, a safe house of sorts that has been set up in an almost like underground network kind of way uh, for the fourth graders to survive this one day. 
So, yeah, let, let's get into the day. They, they, they have the plan. They, they go into it. As soon as they get out of the doors of the school, they are ambushed by fifth graders. And Harold, the big dummy, just is like, everyone for themselves. All the plans out the window, I guess, for Harold. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, they all scatter. Uh, and at this point, there's a, there's a very funny scene with Stinky. Where Stinky just, what, when everyone's scattering, he runs and he hides in a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and he, what does he say? He's like, talk about ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Stinky. Uh, oh, Stinky. <laughs> So, the, the, the people that have gotten together that we are focused on are Arnold, Gerald, Harold, and little old nerdy Eugene. He's a weakling. Um, so, they, they escape. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Just the way you said that made me laugh so much. <laughs> uh, they, they all escape the school and cut through an opening in a chain link fence. Mm. Harold shoves Eugene out of the way because he is just scared for his life um and this causes eugene to get caught and dragged away and shoved into a trash can as they all watch on um and then you know they of course they the fifth graders saw them so they are pursued um so they're like okay what what can we do what can we do run to the bus stop hop on a bus great idea except it's not that bus has three fifth graders on it um, so Gerald pulls the, the wire to make the bus stop and they all run off except Harold's a slow little pudgy boy. Mm-hmm. He, he got stuck on the bus. And so, uh, it is implied that he later got stuffed in a trash can. Now it's down to two. So our dynamic duo, um, they take to the sewers and eventually end up at the safe house. Um, which is great. They, they've reached the middle point to being home free. Mm-hmm. In the safe house, it's hard to describe. It's, it's like an underground fortress yeah. that has, has been built somehow. Um, and it's just a medic area. So like you see Eugene is being like sprayed down with fire hoses yeah. And, like, all these kids are, like, uh, being cleaned off. Harold is going through therapy with Helga as the therapist. Yeah. Uh, like, like all these kids are traumatized and just, like, trying to survive the day. Um, but nothing lasts forever. The, the safety and calm is short-lived as Wolfgang and the other fifth graders burst through the safe house doors. A trash can is then thrown into the safe house followed by a sea of fifth graders who raid and pillage the safe haven. And just everyone is taken. It's just no mercy, except our two guys. Yeah. Our, our two guys make it out okay. Arnold and uh, Gerald escape just barely and meet Mickey, who they pay with a yo-yo and a dog toy to smuggle them to safety. Um, so after sneaking around the city, you know, avoiding the fifth graders, Mickey's like, you know what? Here, here's a dolly. How about you lay down on it? I'll cover you with a sheet. I'll got you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Until they are betrayed by Mickey, who reveals himself to be Mickey the Weasel. <laughs> not the name of a person you can trust. Um, he's actually just a fifth grader who's very tiny. 
And so he didn't look like a fifth grader. So they trusted him. Um, so he is brought ultimately, uh, they are both brought ultimately to Wolfgang, who shoves them into trash cans and rolls them down a hill. And as they're getting out of the trash cans, Arnold and Gerald are mocked by a bunch of third graders. And Gerald's just like, hey, we're going to get you next year. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so the vicious cycle continues and nothing has changed and nothing was learned. <laughs> as it should be. As God intended. I like this episode. It was funny. I, I love it. It's just like the whole underground network and just like the... How scared everyone was of just getting tossed in this trash can. Yeah, but like the visuals of the inside of those trash cans are so gross. I would never want to be I would never want to be in that trash can. They're all gooey. Cartoon trash looks very dirty because it always looks like it's all been broken down and Mm. turned into like lumps. (laughs) Which I think I would still prefer over like normal city trash, which is probably just a bunch of like diapers and hypodermic needles, but still. And use condoms. Well, that's a good time. No, no, no. We call that a snack. No. We call that a West Virginia spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> ew. I, uh, I, I, I think my favorite part of the episode is when Arnold tries to convince Wolfgang to end the vicious cycle and that he'll be seen as a hero and like wolfgang seems to be actually like contemplating it and like having a whole like philosophical debate in his head and he's like and i've decided i'm gonna put you in a trash can (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you know since it is since it is the christmas season um well tiege has decided to grace us with a nice christmas episode of arnold yeah uh, so this episode, it's just called Arnold's Christmas. Um, it's a tearjerker. It is. It, it coincided with the Christmas season, but honestly, even if it wasn't, I probably would have picked this episode because, in my opinion, this is the best episode of Hey Arnold. Um, it's just, it's unnecessarily good as far as like children's cartoon goes, as I feel, because it just deals with a lot of things that you never see in a children's cartoon. It deals with them in a very appropriate way. Some kids might not understand at the time, but they'll probably they'll probably get the gist. Um, yeah, and it doesn't go too deep into the stuff that is traumatic, yeah. but it touches it enough for you to know what's happening. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a season one episode, um, episode twenty, or at least it was episode twenty when it first aired. Um, its original air date was December eleventh of nineteen ninety six. Uh, written by Steve uh, Vixton. Story by Craig Bartlett, Steve Vixen, and uh, Joe Ansalba here. I believe that's how you say his name. Uh, and it's uh, directed by Jamie Mitchell. Um, interestingly, this is the first of the half-hour episodes. There's you know a few of them in this in this show, and this was this is the one that started it all. Um, maybe they could have cut some things and made this into a, a shorter episode, but honestly. A lot of things in here don't... It, it wouldn't have worked if it was shorter. You needed all that space. Um, it's a, you know... Yeah, there, there's, there are storylines that 
Cross. And I feel like they couldn't have crossed appropriately in such a short amount. Exactly. Um, It starts off as just a very, like, run-of-the-mill Christmas episode. Um, Arnold and Gerald, they're they're out. They're just enjoying their Christmas time. Um, They're talking about what Gerald has bought for his... um, his family members and he's like what did you get your dad a tie and your brother a tie including his four-year-old sister so arnold is like well you can't give a tie to a four-year-old you got to get her uh you know uh, a gift that has some meaning and actually like fits for her specifically so Jared's like oh you know what you're right i'm gonna give that to my uncle and i'll i guess i'll just buy her a toy or something um so that kind of starts off the theme of the episode of meaningful gifts for Christmas, which is what all Christmas episodes ultimately end up being. Um, Arnold goes back to the boarding house and you find out that they're all picking secret Santas. Um, everyone gets Oscar because Oscar wrote his name on every uh, on every little slip of paper. Uh, but it wouldn't, he wouldn't have revealed it. No. <laughs> no. The, the, at, there was someone who whispered. It's like, oh, I got Oscar. And then the person was like, wait, I got Oscar. Yeah. And then they, someone across the room heard it was like, wait, I got Oscar. But if that first person hadn't said who their secret Santa was, yeah. they would have all gotten Oscar. <laughs> and and Oscar, Oscar owns up in his classic Oscar way of just, <laughs> just does a stupid little laugh. It, it's it's a prank. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> so they re they reshuffle and um Arnold ends up getting Mr. Wynn, who is you know, he's he's been in a few episodes beforehand and he's just kinda like this mostly background character. Um he's a nebulous, at least at the time, um Asian kind of just border who really just is in every so often. Um, Arnold really doesn't seem to know much about him, which fits into the episode. Um, He's having, you know, we cut to Arnold and Gerald having a snowball fight, just discussing things. And Gerald basically tells Arnold the same advice that Arnold gave him. Hey, you should probably get Mr. Wynn something meaningful. And Arnold's like, yeah, you know what, you're right. But Arnold has no idea what to get Mr. Wynn. So Gerald's... Gives a very reasonable suggestion, which I don't think a lot of people take to heart most of the time, of just fucking ask him what he wants for Christmas. So Arnold basically does that, but he does it in a roundabout way. He's not he's not flat out letting him know, hey, I got you a secret Santa, what do you want? He's just like, he goes to visit Mr. Wynn, and Mr. Wynn's just not suspicious at all. He's just very accommodating. He's like, oh, you like sweaters? do you need any sweaters and he's like i have many sweater he is very very asian stereotypically he's like oh yeah um what 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 are the other things he 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 mentions to him i can't even remember off the top of my head it's just a lot of like knickknacks and stuff that mr wen's just like i have all these things i don't need anything um eventually Mr. Wynn just starts talking about his past. And while Arnold, this nine-year-old boy, is just sitting there. And he starts talking about his daughter, Mai. And Arnold's like, I didn't know you had a daughter. And he goes, yeah, a long, long time ago, about 20 years or so, Mr. Wynn, we find out, lived in a village in South Vietnam. 
during a, a certain war that some of us may or may not remember or have heard of, the Vietnam War. Uh, it's I don't think it's ever explained who Mai's mother is or if she's even in the picture. It's just kind of glossed over. It's just basically Mr. Wynn with his baby daughter, and he's just trying to do his best for her. But the war in North Vietnam is ever encroaching. So he tries to get out. Tries to get out to have a better life for him and his daughter. They get to a... It's just basically a spot where all the refugees are gathering to kind of to kind of escape the helicopter that's going to be taking them to uh, either America or somewhere else. It's not known at that time. Um, says that they only have room for one more person. They don't, you know. So Mr. Wynn, obviously, he can't get on with his daughter, and he makes the ultimate decision of just holding up his baby daughter in the air. So that she can go instead of him by herself for a better life. Um, the soldier takes his daughter and he tells them, he says a single word to him, uh, which is the city that they're currently in. And Mr. Wynn at that time endeavors, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of Vietnam. I'm going to make my way over to Hillwood and I'm going to see my daughter again. Unfortunately for him, it takes him 20 years 20 years to immigrate from Vietnam to Hillwood. Um, we find out that he comes straight there. And the reason that he's still at the boarding house is because he's looking for his daughter. There's various reasons all these other people are at the boarding house. Most of them just need a place to live. And they're like poor. They have some, you know, they have something going on. A lot of them just have their own little lives. Mr. Wynn is literally just at this boarding house trying to find, on the desperate hope that his daughter is still in this city 20 years after he gave her up. Um, Arnold then realizes, oh, the only thing Mr. Wynn wants for Christmas is to see his daughter again. Which, yes, but aim lower, bro. He's trying way, you know what I mean? Like, that's such an unattainable goal. At, in 1996 things aren't as digitized yeah yeah i mean today that would have been an easier ask arnold uh, arnold goes to the city records building and tries to convince uh the guy who runs the records department to help him out to find mr win uh mr win's daughter uh it is christmas eve which there's a lot of things that happen in this show that now is just wild to me like people shopping on christmas eve Ooh, buddy good luck but so that guy does not want to help they find out um that he hasn't done none of his christmas eve shopping his christmas shopping and they say hey you give us the money we'll go get everything on your list and it'll be we'll bring it back to you so that you can have all the stuff and you can still get your work done and in exchange you'll do this one search for us the guy says cool whatever go gives them the list arnold and gerald then scour the city um to find everything on this guy's list except for one thing nancy spumoni signature snow boots let's take <laughs> stupid yeah what a stupid what a what a stupid thing let's let's take a little like side trip and go to the side story of this episode um 
Helga Pataki. Other main character-ish. Um, I think she's in almost all the episodes, or at least most of them, um, to some degree. Uh, Helga is on her own little mission to find the perfect gift for her beloved Arnold Shortman. All the while, though, she's also just, like, simping over these Nancy Spumoni snow boots that are in this, like, like case. They're these, honestly, they're really ugly red leather, I'm assuming, snow boots with, like, gold metal, like, uh, fastenings and, and a toe cap and fur lining at the top. Like, they're ugly boots. They ugly boots. And she's like, oh, that's all I want for Christmas. And um, Rhonda, who's the rich girl, she's like, yeah, that's what everyone wants. Good luck. They've been sold out everywhere. Um, cut back to Arnold and Gerald now go to every store, or at least it's implied that they go to every store in the city looking for Nancy Spumoni snow boots. Thinking, well, this is the last thing on the list. Can't be that hard. They get laughed out of every single store because apparently this is the hot ticket item. This is the Turbo Man doll of this universe. They go to every every store. They can't find it. Can't find it at all. And they're like, well, we got everything else. Maybe he'll still be cool. We'll just explain like, hey, dude, they, we can't find these. They get up to the guy and they're like, we have everything. He goes like, no snow boots? I was going to give those to my daughter. And they're like, well, we couldn't find him. He's like, no deal. Um, they try to convince him and this guy's just heartless. He just won't. Which, it's good that they didn't considering the outcome of how, you know, of what happened later and it probably wouldn't have worked out well for them if they had done this. But I'm going to be honest. If I'm in that situation, I have just spent hours doing some guy's Christmas shopping and I can't find his last minute Christmas shopping and I can't find the one item that's apparently so popular that he should have ordered it months ago and he does this to me because of that I'd have ruined all those gifts every single yeah, one no, I, I didn't necessarily have that exact outcome but I had the same thought process where I was just like this dude waited to the last minute for the best item that's out there right now yeah. Yeah, this, this dude deserves whatever comes his way. Yeah, life. I would have thrown those gifts <laughs> into the snow and just stomped them, but they didn't do that because they're good. They're good people. Um, it's it's a good thing they did. Yeah, it's a good thing in hindsight. Worked it's out. a good thing they didn't. But let's be honest, I would have done that immediately. <laughs> um, they leave, and Arnold is he's just depressed because it's Christmas Eve. He there's no way he's going to be able to find Mister Wynn's daughter by christmas which i get it it's a very it's a harsh deadline that arnold set for himself but he could also like wait like a week and just go back in and be like hey man like it's not christmas anymore do you think you can do this search for me but whatever we don't we don't talk about that that's not important this is a christmas episode arnold leaves all depressed and gerald's like hey man it's the thought that counts like just tell Mr. Wynn, like, what you were trying to do. He'll understand. He'll appreciate it. Which, he probably would, honestly. Like, he'd probably, hey, man, like, I heard your story. Like, I felt bad. I tried to do this and that and this. He would probably appreciate it, but also it might, like, devastate him. 
um, to like, hey man, like I tried finding your daughter and I couldn't. Good fucking luck. But um, he's also nine. But you know, whatever. Helga then finds this. You know, she overhears this that they couldn't find this last item. She's creeping behind a tree is, while they are yeah. having this conversation. She's a stalker. We already talked about that. It's, it's firmly okay. established. She's a stalker. They drop the Christmas list that this guy gave the shopping list. And she picks it up and she sees that the one item is Nancy Spumoni snow boots. And she already knows. There's no way. There's no way she's going to get them. So she goes home all dejected. She can't find, you know, her the perfect gift for Arnold. Her uh, her family is busy having their own little kind of Christmas, Christmas little celebration. Everyone is obviously drunk. Like they're all just just so wasted. Yeah, they all seem so wasted. It's so funny. <laughs> and uh, Helga's mom is like, "Hey Helga, like I got you this. Like I want you to open it early. And I know you've been wanting this." So Helga's like, "What is it?" She opens it up, and her mom's like, I waited in line for 18 hours to get these. Nancy Spumoni snow boots. Helga's over the moon. This is all she wanted. She tries them on. She does a little, like, trot outside and has her little, like, Sailor Moon princess moment. And then immediately realizes the moral dilemma that she's now facing. Does she deserve to be happy with these Nancy Spumoni snow boots? Or should she... Give them up to try to to try to you know make someone else's day better. And I love her her reasoning. When I was like, well, he you know he's so sad and he wants you know this would be so nice for him. But on the other hand, these boots are fucking awesome. Which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think that's how all of our like thought processes go when we were like yeah. thinking about buying something. I'm like, oh man. You know, that's pretty expensive, and I probably should save my money. Oh, but I'd look so cool wearing that. Like, yeah. She finally decides. She bursts in um, to the guy He's as he's leaving. Uh, well, well, she spins around she outside of her apartment, middle of the night, yeah. and then goes to a strange, I guess, government employee... And spends the night with him alone. Her parents don't care. They're drunk. They don't even... <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no reason to believe they knew that she was gone. She bursts onto the scene. The The government employees get... He's getting ready to get into a cab. And she's like, here are these snow boots. Let's go find this person. And he's like, homegirl, it's like Christmas Eve. I'm going home. And Helga then gives him a very heartfelt speech about like, hey, this little kid, like... It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about this football-shaped-headed kid who's just trying to rediscover the meaning of Christmas. And if you don't help him right now, he's never going to believe in miracles again. Um, Sways this guy, and he goes up, and he's like, all right, let's go do it. Cut to next scene. Everyone's there. Everyone's doing their little secret Santa we found out that uh, Oscar got his gift, and it was coal, what he deserves. A bag. A bag of coal. A bag of coal. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is what he deserves. He deserves no less. Um, and everyone seems to be done, and then they realize, wait, 
Mr. Wynn hasn't gotten his present, and Mr. Wynn, being the ever-accommodating guy, just says, I don't need a present. It's okay. They're like, no, there should be something in here, which we're going to continue on with the heartfelt part of this, but that hoebag Arnold, that fucking cunt, didn't bother to get him anything. Anything. Just no backup plan. Nothing. Not even the tie. Not even a tie. Nothing. He got Mr. Wynn nothing. How rude. How incredible. Because it's a secret. Everyone is there. You know what I mean? Everyone else got something. And he, Mr. Wynn just doesn't get nothing. How dare he? Yeah. How, how did he think it would play out? Yeah. So... Mr. Wynn, but Mr. Wynn's a chill guy. He's like, I don't need a present. It's fine. He's very, he has everything. Homeboy, homeboy grew up in war-torn South Vietnam and escaped to find his daughter. He is content. That's all he cares about. Arnold is about to tell him, like, hey, I'm sorry. This is why. Right at that moment, uh, Grandpa, who had gone down earlier because there was someone at the door, comes in. And we find out that someone has now entered the entered the room. Who is it? Oh, it's it's my Wynn. Mr. Wynn's daughter. She surprisingly still lives in the area and has an updated has updated information and got there that quickly. Mr. Wynn and his daughter have a beautiful, heartfelt reunion. Um Arnold and Gerald are like, how did this happen? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, you must have a Christmas angel. And everyone's like, that's stupid. And then it cuts down to Helga, who is just outside watching. And he's like, Merry Christmas, Arnold. Who, she can't see what's going on in there. So, like, she assumes that everything worked out well. But, like, what if this was the wrong... <laughs> this is the wrong woman. But that's basically the episode. It's it's a it's a very... It's a very real, very heartfelt episode. We've been we've been having fun with it, but it when you watch it, it's very emotional. Um, it's very nice. A lot of problems. Um, a lot of issues of how how did this baby have the same? How did they how did they know what this baby's name was? Her name's Mai Win, but she's a baby when she's given when she's given to the soldiers in Vietnam. He didn't give him paperwork. He doesn't give him anything. It's wild that she still has the same. Like, let's be honest when when children when they, children they usually change. Yeah, they their were names. usually adopted. <laughs> they were usually had their names changed, and they usually never found them again. It's 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 sad but true, and it's something that you have to completely if you're watching this as an adult, completely forget about if you're gonna enjoy this episode. Um. Yeah, you should just enjoy that it happened once yeah. in a fictional story. Exactly. Um, that's basically it. I mean, it's it's a. It feels like a very long episode for only being about thirty minutes ish. Um, a lot happens. There's a lot of little side projects, a lot of side through lines. Everything comes together, and it's taped up to a nice bow. And I don't think we ever hear about Mister Wynn's daughter ever again. But yeah, and also like if his whole point was moving. If his whole point in moving there was to find her and then he found her, why are you still in the boarding house, dude? Move out. So for the show, did you get any nostalgia? Why or why not? I think so. Um, I did remember some of the episodes and I did that that theme song is very catchy. 
and I remember mm-hmm. I remember liking that theme song. Um, so I will say yes. Yeah, I'd say yes too. Um, I'd say like a halfway yes. Yeah. Because, like I said, this show is not one of the my key memories. Mm-hmm. But going back and watching, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, but no part of my personality was sh- unfortunately shaped really by Hey Arnold at all. I don't think, at least. I learned no moral lessons from Arnold. <laughs> I'm sure we learned plenty of moral lessons, but like at no point on my do I think back about Hey Arnold. Like, other than when we started talking about using it for this episode, I don't think I can't think of the last time I thought of Hey Arnold. Yeah, and that's not a same. that's not a that's not a dig at the show or anyone involved in it. It's just it's just completely out of the zeitgeist. Like it's not. It's just. It's one of those forgotten shows. One of those forgotten shows. Okay, well, I, I think think that does it for the episode. Yeah, there's not much more to say. Um, we'll be ending this episode with our classic theme song that Kyle has uh, made up. Uh, take it away, Kyle. Hey, Tish. Hated that. I hated that. I would have rather slobbed on that knob. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, guys. (laughs) This podcast is produced by Fran Zapata and Undercover Pod Network. Our hosts are Kyle Frazier and Teej Singh. Audio editing by Kyle Frazier. Research by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Fran Zapata. Story editing by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Fran Zapata. Make sure you subscribe if you like what we have going on and stay updated on new releases. We release a new episode every other Friday. You can find our podcast on most major platforms. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Audible, and if you're feeling tipsy and want to help us get some nice ice-cold chocolate milk, give some love at patreon.com slash thatcartoonpodcast. Also, we'll be sending special gadgets to our patrons, from shoutouts to exclusive stickers, swag, and even some Patreon-exclusive content. See you on the next episode of That Cartoon Podcast.